0: Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin. And uh, this is our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Glad that you're joining us as we continue uh, to to move through uh, the Old Testament in a chronological order, and then we'll eventually get to the New Testament. Unless the Lord comes again before then, which is, is possible. It, this takes a while. So, but we're, uh, I hope you're enjoying this series. I, I really am enjoying this, uh, walking through uh, scripture. There's just so many truths that are reiterated over and over again. Um, and hopefully, we are able to apply those to our lives today. Um, remember, we uh, started uh, looking at Zechariah. Uh, Zachariah and Haggai are prophets. Uh, God spoke people um, during the the time of the return. Uh, Zerubbabel is uh, working on uh, rebuilding the temple. This is this is taking years, right? This is not just happening right away. There's challenges uh, involved in it, uh, but the process is being started. So, uh, which is a really good thing. So, we're going to be in Zechariah seven and eight today, and then we're going to read. Uh, Ezra uh, 5 and 6, and then Daniel chapter 6. All right, so we're going to be skipping around a little bit today. Um, so Zechariah 7 through 8. Um, this is basically the temple is being rebuilt. And one of the things that the people have been doing for the last 70 years that they were in exile uh, is there are two different months out of the year that they would fast and that they would weep and mourn over the loss of the temple. Uh, over being taken into exile, which made sense, right? They were remembering and mourning those things. So the question is being posed, uh, do we keep doing that? Do we keep fasting and, and mourning? Um, because now, look, we're back and the temple is starting to be rebuilt. So maybe we need to get rid of those uh, traditions. So uh, looking at Zechariah 7 and 8, um, that that's, that is what they are, are, are talking about. So they asked the uh, priest who were in the house of the Lord of hosts and the prophets saying, should I weep in the fifth month and fast as I have done for so many years? Right? That's verse three uh, of Zechariah chapter uh, seven. And so then uh, the word of the Lord came uh, to Zechariah, say to all the people in the land, to the priest, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months during those 70 years, did you really fast for me, for me? When you eat and when you drink, do you not eat and drink for yourselves? Should you not have, uh, should you not have obeyed the words of the Lord proclaimed through the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous, and the south and the lowland were inhabited? Right. So he's saying, you know, this is, you know, the reason you were doing this is to be a reminder of what had happened in the past, of how you had been dis- disobedient, how the people had been disobedient. And so then he he goes on, uh, verse 8, Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Execute true justice, show mercy, compassion, everyone to his brother. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, stopped up their ears so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. So this is just a reminder. Look, Remember what got you into the mess of uh, being taken into exile. Uh, Chapter 8 continues kind of talking, we'll talk a little bit about that, but also is now acknowledging the celebration that, that things are getting back to the way that God desires them to be. Uh, it says, "I am." Uh, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion with great zeal, with great fervor, I am zealous for her. I, I will return to Zion. I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Um, it is marvelous, uh, verse six, if, uh, if it is marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, will it also be marvelous in my eyes, says the Lord of hosts. Um, he, so he's excited. He's celebrating with the people that they are getting back um, uh, to the, to the temple, um, verse nine says, let your hands be strong. You who have been hearing in these days, these words of the, of the by my, by the mouth of the prophets who spoke in the day, the fountain foundation was laid for the house of the Lord of hosts, that the temple might be built. "...for before these days there were no wages for man, nor any hire for the beast. Uh, there was no peace for the enemy, for whoever went out or came in. For I, for I set all men, everyone against his neighbor." Uh, that's how it was in the past, but now things are changing. It says, "...but now I will treat the remnant of this people as in the former days," says the Lord of hosts. "...for the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give its fruit, the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due." I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these and they shall come to pass that just as you were a curse among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear. Let your hands be strong. So, So again, this is the reiteration that, hey, things are headed in the right direction. And you're, you've paid, paid the price of your unfaithfulness. Now things are going in the right, uh, month, uh, right (laughs) direction. Sorry. Then verse 18, uh, it says the fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, the fast of the 10th shall be joy and gladness and cheerful feast for the house of Judah. Therefore love truth and peace. And it says, let us continue to go and pray before the Lord, and is verse 21, and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts. In those days, uh, many will come uh, to, that, to the house of the Lord. So basically what Zechariah is saying, and that God is saying through Zechariah, is yes, Keep those fast because you need to remember where you've been. You need to remember how it felt to be taken into uh, into exile. Um, if we forget that, if we forget those those things, if the people forget that, they will just fall away again. Um, there, there's a, a good good lesson in there for for all of us um, that we need to recognize and to remember uh, where we have failed and where we have. Uh, gone wrong so that we don't do it again, not so that we dwell in that and live miserably because we're just stuck in, in that place remembering uh, our failures. But no, we need to remember uh, what it is that we have done that has brought us out of God's presence so that we don't do it again. Um, that's valuable for, for all of us, I, I believe. Um, then you, we transition to uh, Ezra 5 and 6. Um, And this is uh, going to get us to kind of the completion of the temple here in in Ezra. Um, The temple is being uh, built, but there are challenges. Um, And one of them are some of the local leaders there from Persia. Um, They are questioning whether they have the right to do this. So they've kind of tried to halt uh, construction on the temple. They send a a letter back to King Darius. Um, Remember, it was King Cyrus of Persia, who gave them the the right um, to rebuild the temple, um, and so now they're questioning whether that that can happen or not. So Darius is now asked to get involved. Um, interestingly, uh, this part of Ezra is actually written in a little bit different language. You have Hebrew, the language, the Hebrew language, which is what most of the or uh, much of the Old Testament is written in, and then you have Aramaic, uh, which Aramaic is is similar um but it would have been the language used uh, the common language uh, used probably between the persians and uh and the jewish people right they they both would have been able to speak arabic um this part of ezra is actually written in arabic so there's kind of that reminder that while okay yeah you're back and you're rebuilding the temple and everything but uh, you know what you're you're still having to use our language. Why? Because we still technically rule over you. Um, so kind of, a a, a, even as things are good, there's that reminder, eh, but we're still, we're still under the, the authority of someone else. Um, so chapter five, you have, uh, Zerubbabel, um, you know, he's the, the guy who is trying to, the governor who's trying to get, get things, uh, rebuilt, uh, the, Temple rebuilt, and then you have uh, the Persian governor uh, uh, Tatanai. Tatanai. Uh, who knows how you say that? But uh, anyway, he writes a letter, and the letter is written out here in chapter five. It's really interesting. This is kind of a, a cool political stuff going on, um, and he he writes to Darius. He says, "Let it be known to the kings, verse eight, uh, that we went to the province of Judea to the temple uh, of the great God, which is being built with heavy stones." He goes, uh, then we ask and we spoke, who commanded you? So basically, why? where did you get permission to do this? Uh, and they said, we are the servants of God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which the great king of Israel built and completed. Uh, but because our fathers provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. So they kind of say, but we blew it. We lost it, but now we're uh, building. And then they go on to say, King Cyrus gave us permission to do this um and so verse 17 um uh, tatani uh says uh, writes now therefore if it seems good to the king let a search be made um there in babylon as to to find this decree by king cyrus so then uh you kind of get the feeling they're they're trying to get them shut down um for for whatever reason you know that that they don't want the temple to be rebuilt these the the local governing authorities. And so they, they think uh, we'll do this. Darius will come back and say, you know what? We can't find that decree. I decree that you stop it. That's kind of the feeling. I don't know that for sure. Um, but you know, that, that would, uh, that would fit the, the normal, <laughs> the normal picture of it being a challenge uh, to, to get the temple rebuilt. Um, so chapter six is Darius's response Uh, Verse six says, now, therefore, uh, Tatanai, governor of the region beyond the river, um, um, keep yourselves far from there. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house uh, of God on its site. So (laughs) it comes back pretty strong. You get out, get out of the way. Uh, And then it actually says, and uh, use some of that tax revenue and pay for it. Um, So this this really went well uh, for Zerubbabel. Um, And uh, then uh, verse 11, interesting, says, Also I issue a decree that whoever alters this edict, let a timber be pulled from his house and erected and let him be hanged on it. So so he's basically saying, get out of the way. Let them rebuild the temple. Um, And then you have uh, the rest of chapter 6. Um, they they begin the uh, consecrating the temple, sacrificing for atonement, and then they celebrate the Passover again. Um, it, it is interesting that part uh, where it talks about the celebration of the Passover goes to be written in Hebrew again because that's that is theirs. That's between them and God, and uh, kind of a, a neat neat thing right there. Um, so so now the the temple is rebuilt uh, here in in Ezra. Um, and now now we're going to stop there, and we'll we'll hit more on that later. Uh, but we're going to read uh, Daniel chapter 6. Uh, this is the Daniel in the lion's den story. It talks about Darius. There's there's lots of, we don't really know which king this is. Because it says Darius the Mede at one point, well, he was but he was king over the Medes and the Persians. It was probably just a way that he was referred to. But there's controversy as to when exactly Daniel, the story happened. Um, But it does make sense that it may have been under this King Darius, um, which would have put it around the time that the temple is being rebuilt. Um, And so I encourage you to read uh, Daniel chapter six. Uh, you've, you're familiar with the story, starts off, says uh, so Darius set up a a new system of government basically, and Daniel was put in a prominent position and he was not liked because of that. Um, and it says, verse three, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the other governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was with him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, can you imagine this foreigner that's going to be elevated to this kind of position? So the other governors and things did not like that. So they came up with this plan to get rid of Daniel. And uh, you can read about that in uh, chapter uh, verse 6. All the governors and kingdom, uh, 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 verse 7, excuse me, uh, consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree. Whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den. So for 30 days, um, you're not to to worship any other god or anything like that. All uh, reverence is to be directed towards King Darius. And King Darius is like, hey, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Let's do that. Um, Well, they, of course, knew that Daniel would not do this. Um, Daniel goes to his room. He does open his window, but it's not like he's flaunting this. Um, They knew where to look right? Because they knew that Daniel was going to pray. So he follows his same routine. Daniel prays to God. Uh, They uh, use that uh, against him. Uh, King Darius doesn't like it uh, from the get-go. Verse 14, the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. So in other words, he he didn't want to do this. It, he, he didn't give the command to go get Daniel, even though Daniel had clearly broken this law. Um, he didn't even give the order right away because he was frustrated with himself. He was trying to figure out how to handle this. Then he gets reminded, um, uh, hey, you, the law can't be bent. You, you have, to, have to do this. And he he knew he couldn't do anything about it. So uh, he gives uh, the command and they bring Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. But the king spoke, uh, saying he he will deliver you. Uh, So King Darius speaks to Daniel. It's kind of cool. Your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Wow, that's really, really powerful. So man, even Darius is pulling for Daniel and Daniel's God. Uh, Verse 18, now the king went to his palace, spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him. His sleep went from him. So he couldn't sleep. He went very early to find out if Daniel was uh, alive. Uh, Verse 21, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels, shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So Daniel is letting him know I wasn't doing this to be an offense to you. I just worship God and God alone. I respect you. I listen to you. I will follow uh, what you ask me to do, but I am never going to uh, quit worshiping the one true God. The king was exceedingly glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel uh, up out of the den. So he was taken out of the den. No injury was found on him. Then he sent all the other guys that had plotted this because he realized he was just manipulated to get Daniel, and he threw them and their families uh, into the lion's den. A ah, little, little brutal, uh, but hey, you know what? When you're the king, I guess you can do those things. Um, uh, I love what he, he the, the end of this is just a good testimony. This does not mean that King Darius started believing that God was the one true God, but he recognized something. Uh, he said to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, a steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. It's, uh, this is just a, a cool story of God's faithfulness, of how God uh, protected Daniel. Uh, but, but mainly it reminds us of who our allegiance is ultimately to. It is to the one true living God uh, above any other. And we need to make sure that, that we follow him before we follow uh, anyone else. And uh, you know, no matter what the consequences may be. All right, so we stopped there. Now we're kind of going going back in the in the Bible, and it's quite a bit. And you're probably going to want to skim some of this. But uh, for Tuesday, look at First Chronicles one through nine, because though this is going to give a lot of genealogy stuff, and this is important as the exile comes to an end. Um, it's important because the people are kind of put back where they're supposed to be. Um, but, uh, so we'll, we'll look at that again, just kind of, uh, you may skim through some of that, but we'll read first Chronicles chapters one through nine. So that's a lot, uh, on Tuesday. We'll see you then.